Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I almost said welcome back to the Housing Hour because it's been a a couple of weeks. We had a couple of shows that uh, we went on vacation and played the best of the Housing Hour, but we're really grateful to be back here. And the Housing Hour is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Uh, Thank you so much to them for sponsoring our show. You can find more about them at MIGonline.com, and you can go to our site, thehousinghour.com to find the treasure trove of information about our show and find past shows, current shows, and all of the series that we've completed. I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. Uh, Mark, how are you today? Doing great. And we had a show without you last week. We did part two of the boating safety. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I didn't get to hear that yet, so I'm excited to hear Richard Richard Swan, who's a senior loan officer at Mortgage Investors Group, but also a Coast Guard Auxiliary member Yes, and does a great job and really enjoyed the show uh, that we did with him. So today we are diving into something that's really very important and relevant, and we've had them on pr- before. We had them on in 2014. That's right, December 2014. December of 2014. And uh, we have two people with us today from two different organizations. We have Leon Cons, who's with the Tennessee Firewise. He's the wildlife or wildfire mitigation specialist, as well as Nathan Waters from the state of Tennessee Department of Agriculture. He is the assistant district forester. Uh, so we have these two expert gentlemen in here, and we're talking about fire prevention. We're talking about uh, the newly uh, discovered uh, things that Gallenberg has done and to prevent and to be accredited with the FireWise designation. Um, and they have now become a, a FireWise community. And that designation is huge. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what that means and talk a little bit more about fire prevention and, and, and also talk about what what happened in Gatlinburg and what are the, the key things that are takeaways and th- key things that Gatlinburg has done to prevent and to also try to bolster their prevention um, efforts. And, and I think it's great. And, and, and you know, Mark, um, before we get started, going back and listening to that 2014 show, it was it was kind of almost eerie in a way because just less than two years later, the things that we were talking about uh, unfortunately came true. Well, isn't it amazing that when you have a, sm- a smart group of people that come up with a plan to protect your 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 property, community, life, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then when you follow that plan, it, it really has an impact on lives. So mm-hmm. uh, something like the Gatlinburg Friar brings that to attention. Unfortunately, because of a you know disaster like that is yeah. when it comes to our mind. But if communities would start following some of these um, common sense principles, really, in my mind, yeah. Um, so many people would be safe. Property would be safe. Communities would be safer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what these guys are all about. Now, let's first, before we jump into FireWise and um, get with Leon, I want to do. I want to talk with Nathan for just a minute. Um, Nathan, you mentioned off air that you had some experience. Uh, your education was forestry, and you sort of had that as a part of your, your upbringing and your education piece. Um, what is exactly that drew you to the Department of Agriculture and, and, and the, that realm of your expertise? 
Um, you know, just uh, grew up. Uh, I, I, I was uh, I, I've grown up and lived my whole life in Maryville, um, you mm-hmm. know, just over in Blunt County. Um, you know, spent a lot of my youth uh, in the area and, and like to get out and fish a lot and get outside and hike trails and, you know, right there next to the Smoky Mountains and Cage Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just really, uh, you know, uh, um, got into forestry, enjoyed it. I've always been good at science and, um, you know, uh, wanted to stay close to home, wanted to try to to contribute to the state of Tennessee. Um, you know, it's foremost in my mind. Um mm-hmm. Uh, being a native and, and lived here all my life, I guess I'm just a homebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's good. And it's nice that you have a national forest in your backyard um, growing up, you know, so that you can yeah. – yeah. to continue that passion that you have well that's great and give me the thirty thousand foot view nathan of what you do uh in your day-to-day job i mean you're not going out there and fishing obviously but <laughs> what are you doing well um you know when i started out i used to go out in the field a lot more uh i started out as a fire prevention forester and went out and talked to uh, individuals communities and and, and work with our, our county personnel trying to come up with prevention strategies and and that's a lot of what I still do, um, uh, do a lot of prevention. Uh, you know, each county that we have in the state is a little bit different, and they might have a uh, – you, you have to identify a problem to address it. So that's what we do, sit down and do that. Um, mm-hmm. Do a lot of work with um, uh, Smokey Bear, do a lot of uh, management work and administrative now, unfortunately. So I get stuck in the office at the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's just a, a range of stuff. We uh, – the Division of Forestry, um, you know, we go out and um, – uh, you know, look at people's trees, uh, look at people's land. They can call their, their local area forester. He'll come out or she will come out and talk to people about their, their forested land or if they're interested in planting trees. Um, you know, we have a nursery that's in Delano where we sell um, seedlings uh, for the purpose of replanting. Um, you know, we do a lot of insect and disease trapping. You know, if you've heard of the emerald dash borer, uh, the thousand canker disease that we had that took out a lot of the, the walnuts, the uh-huh. uh, um, hemlock willie delgid we do a lot of work with that a lot of trapping a lot of trying to prevent the spread of that but just a lot of stuff that we do uh, throughout the year that's just a just a little bit of it but um, it's an enjoyable job the people that work for us are just excellent uh, can't work with a better bunch of people fire departments i work a lot with do grants and stuff like that and and spend a lot of time when doing training and such as that and you know just excellent people in this area um to work with that's a tremendous thing that you guys are doing and and that organization the department of agriculture is a great piece of what the government offers to our community and to our state Mm -hmm. and it's fantastic all the things that you spoke of um, hit home to many many people here in knoxville and the surrounding areas not just east tennessee um, but just throughout the state um, there's many different areas that you i'm sure could uh, help with and and that sounds like you're doing a lot of that Um, so then we have leon as well with tennessee firewise and leon's here with nathan last time they were on the show they were here together Um, you guys don't don't work in tandem every day certainly but you guys have a relationship leon give me this first of all welcome back Thank you. It's yeah, good to be here again. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for coming. Um, give me sort of your 30,000-foot view of, of what Leon does and, and a little bit of a background behind what FireWise is. Okay. Well, uh, I I spend my days uh, actually you know, working closely with the Division of Forestry mm-hmm. uh, and helping um, you know, uh, communities, uh, government officials, uh, and pretty much – you know, whoever will listen to me uh, mm. talk about how to make homes and communities safer. Mm. Uh, so I spend spend a lot of time working with communities. 
and Firewise is a organization that basically offers a series of programs and also an accreditation, I guess, in a, in a sense. Talk a little bit about what your all's uh, philosophy yeah. is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So Firewise is a, it's a national program that's administered by the National Fire Protection Administration. And, uh, uh, yeah, and so if a community goes through the, the, the effort of, of working with us and, and the Division of Forestry and their local fire department, uh, a plan is developed, an assessment is completed on the, uh, the community. Uh, the community has to show good faith by doing uh, actions that reduce their risk of, of homes igniting. And, and then, yes, if they go through those basic things, uh, then they will become uh, nationally recognized by the National Fire Protection Association. And uh, nationally, there's about 1,500 recognized Firewise communities, and within the state of Tennessee now, we have 24, mm-hmm. uh, 10 of which came within the last year. Yeah, and you can sort of do the math on that, that uh, we may need to improve, but it sounds like we are improving. And Mark, oh, yes. Yeah, did you have a question? Well, just, I did. As far as uh, when they get an accreditation, is this something yearly they have to go through inspections to keep the accreditation? Yes, yes. One of the, oh, that's there's, good. There's some really good, good aspects to the program. One is uh, when a community becomes uh, nationally recognized, they become a part of this national network. So they're continually getting uh, newsletters and information from the national program that keeps them abreast of the latest things they can do to make their homes and whole communities safer. Uh, And so they get, there's there's that, but then each year they have to uh, do so many hours of of work within the community, either it's education or actually doing things to make their community safer from ignitions, mm. wildfire ignitions. And then and they have to file, file that information, and then they get uh, their, their recognition uh, reauthorized for the following year. So it's really set up to, uh, to keep communities engaged over the long term because – you know, the wildfire problem doesn't go away. Yeah. yeah. We're going to continue in our next segment. We've already come to the end of the first segment, amazingly. Um, we're going to continue this conversation about forest, how we can prevent forest fires, what the FireWise is doing with the state of Tennessee, uh, Department of Agriculture, and all of that when we get back right after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And welcome back into the Housing Hour again. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you so much for joining us, and we certainly appreciate uh, you all listening to our show. Uh, don't forget, you can go to thehousinghour.com and, and you can listen to any show that we've ever done right there. You can search it, it's a great resource for you and your family. Um, you can also subscribe on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. You can go to the Apple Store and or the App Store and, and download the podcasting um, app and, and subscribe to our podcast as well. So 
anyway, we're back in here in studio. We have two gentlemen with us that uh, I really appreciate them coming out and spending time with us. Leon uh, Cons with Tennessee Firewise, as well as Nathan Waters with the State of Tennessee Department of Agriculture. And in the first segment, we sort of laid out for you what they did, what they uh, represent, and what their day-to-day activities are. And let's sort of transition because, um, and I'm not sure who to start first. We can just uh, let you guys uh, both comment on this. But in 2016, of course, we had the fires that occurred um, in Gatlinburg. And everybody remembers that. And you had so much, I mean, it was national news, obviously. It was big time. It was huge. And I remember, I recall going to... um, Dollywood uh, was the the dream war like a couple of weeks before it really really got bad and I remember there was remember there was smoke and stuff in the area like for a few weeks it seemed like and there was just a couple of fires starting here and there but when that thing ignited I mean it would it just you talked earlier with off air about the ember uh storm and I think there was some stuff going on there but tell me just I guess give me the the layman sort of what happened what 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 exactly went on and and just give us the insight as to what was discovered of what happened um well you know it uh, it was it happened during a big drought event and, and we've had drought events in the past you know it's usually related to el nino and la nina uh you know 2000 we had a lot of fires we had some structures lost 2006 and 7 and then again uh, we had a had a, a lesser drought in i think 2000 11 or 12 a, a drought period but you know the drought in 2016 extended through the summer uh had been ongoing um in the spring that year we had had some fires uh also uh you know spread around we had some homes that were lost uh early in the year and um you know it just it just persisted and and the weather was key to that i mean you know wildfires can happen and you can have structures threatened um uh, any time, you know, we have a, a dry period in the, in Tennessee. It dries out pretty darn quick. You know, the leaves are the primary igniter uh, in this area because of our hardwood trees. But um, um, you know that because of that drought, it was just so extremely dry. The the materials, you know, the houses were dry, the decks were dry, everything was dry. Mm. And uh, you know, the wind event came through, and um, you know, irregardless of what started a fire um, during that type of a dry, dry period. With that wind, it was going to spread quickly, and that was because of uh, embers. You know, embers spread it. Uh, we had a lot of trees that were coming down uh, across power lines. Uh, you know, the the they would knock transformers. They'd break the pole. Wow. Transformers would hit the ground uh, in lines, and they would start a fire. Um, so, I mean, it was a lot of a lot of that was the wind. You know, they had eighty or ninety miles an hour was the top wind speed that day. Um, you know, and it was it was unexpected to us. We we didn't know that it was going to pick up like that. So. Um, you know, the drought. I mean, you really have to watch the weather. Fire danger, you know, that's one of the things you start with prevention is is watch your fire danger. Um, you know, it goes from one to five. Uh, fire danger scale does five being the highest, you know, uh, a red day. And then it goes down to one, which is the lowest. And, um, you know, that's key during fire season. When people call uh, to get a burn permit, uh, they call the Division of Forestry October 15th through May 15th. You're required by law to get a burn permit. You know, people will, will uh, get a little disgruntled sometimes if they have to do that. You know, sometimes the lines get a little busy. But, you know, that lets us, um, you know, let the uh, landowner know if it's safe to burn. Um, you know, if the fire danger gets too high, um, you know, we don't, we, don't want to, we don't want them to take the risk and the fire get out on them. 
you know, we usually have a lot of people in the state that burn. Uh, they're out in counties, or, and there's some areas that you can't burn. So always check before you before you before you do any outdoor burning. But I mean, um, you know, that's a big prevention tool, and that's that's how we set the burn permit uh, days is based on the fire dangers. So when you go back, let's go back a moment, and you mentioned, you know, regardless of how the fire started, you know, we're not here to debate that, but. You had an ember. You had a fire that was on the chim up in the chimney area. Is that where it was, or is that where my mistake? And where did it begin? I guess um, it started on the park service, and I'm not real sure about that. Okay. Um, you know, that's all that's all on the park service. You know, our concern is when it gets onto private land. Uh, right. We work with the U.S. Forest Service, the Park Service, and and we share uh, boundaries. You know, we try to come across boundaries and help each other. Uh, but we had so many fires going on in the state at that time. Had a lot of a uh, lot of uh, out of state crews. Uh, Georgia and North Carolina both had a lot of fires. You know, we'd smoked in. Uh, I think Knoxville got smoked in. A lot of areas did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were fortunate to have aircraft and stuff like that here to assist us. We don't usually have that great amount of like tankers and stuff. Um, you know, we use bucket drops with the Tennessee National Guard, and and they are excellent guys. They come out and uh, and 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 uh, do water drops with the Black Hawk helicopters. But I mean. Um, Here's what I was getting at. You have a pretty good distance between where the fire started mm-hmm. and Gatlinburg. Right. So that was what I was pointing at because, you know, regardless, I mean, the fire started many, 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 many miles away. And people in Gatlinburg, you know, they might have thought or maybe their thinking was, well, it's not going to get down here to us. It's not going to affect us because it's so far away. You know, we know that there's a fire going, but they have it contained. And then the unexpected event of the weather mm-hmm. that nobody can, you can, you can um, probably uh, forecast at some level what the weather is going to be. But we know as, as the co-founders of the East Tennessee weather page, I mean, weather is so unexpected. And, and, and when it comes, it comes like that. And you better put your hard hat on because that 90-mile-per-hour wind is going to take those embers and, and put them wherever they want to go. And then you also mentioned, which was unexpected, when you have an 80- to 90-mile-per-hour wind knocking over transformers, mm-hmm. which is just taking the fire to another level, because when those hit the ground, those are creating sparks and creating ignition points, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, it, it was just, I hate to use this this term, but it was like the perfect storm. Yeah of events yeah it was a, it was a horrifying experience you know we were on the front line i was there on the front line and you know the embers blew over you and 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 it was behind you and you were surrounded by fire um you know good you good co- yeah good while. good cooperators i was in gatlinburg and you know good cooperation with our agencies the fire departments gatlinburg fire departments excellent pigeon forge mm. all those guys up there in Sevier county they have a task force and they work together and um you know we had have good communication and good relationships mm. so you know, we knew what each other was doing. We, we They had a, an instant command post got together. So, you know, safety is always number one in trying to, to get to where you can uh, plan, you know. And, and, and when the 90-mile-an-hour winds come through, then your plans, you know, change. So, um, For the but, safety of the, of yeah, the frontline yeah. workers. Yeah. And, and something to remember, you know, we had a – there were a lot of structures that ignited. And, you know, wildfire actually moves through pretty quick. Uh, if it's burning leaves, irregardless, it's going to pass through pretty darn quick. But, 
you know, when we have a house ignite, then that's sitting there, and it, it takes a little while to burn our house or cabin a structure, and it's producing more embers. So, you know, even though the wildfire had passed, we had structures and, and, and things like that. You know, that's why people worry about bugs and trees and stuff. If you get jackpot fuels of piles of trees, it can do the same thing, lay there, and, and when it catches fire, it's going to burn for a while, and it's going to keep producing the embers. Mm-hmm. And the embers, you know, are what rain down, you know, an ember storm on houses. And, you know, when we talk about firewise, and Leon is going to, probably talk about that in a little bit but you know that helps you harden your home so that it's more resistant to embers you know um you we do different types of landscaping and stuff and you just want to watch those things and you know it's it's easy to forget about it because you know um you know fire season is such a short period here in the state usually you know we're fortunate we only have uh you know the the fall and the spring and and usually just certain times you know month or so during the fall and then a little bit longer during the spring but you know you're you're in the summer and you you sort of get numb to it you see the fires in california and you forget about tennessee and and it's so beautiful and i guess and you know you start focusing on other things um and you know it's always it's always something to be concerned about you know our first firewise community that we had or one of the first ones that we had uh, a fellow from uh, hawaii and um you know i said well what made you want to want to do the firewise he was the spark plug in the community and he said when i grew up in hawaii i had a volcano in the backyard so when i moved somewhere uh, right. i'm always looking for the volcano you know there's always something yeah. there's nowhere ah. that's perfectly safe that's like an interesting that. way of looking at it yeah. and really a brilliant way of looking at it because there's always a source and you have to do whatever you can to prevent that source and that's vitally important and firewise we're going to dedicate the entire third segment um, to, yeah, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to mention one thing. You know, we, I think we've kind of focused on uh, ignitions, you know, around Gatlinburg. But mm-hmm. I would just like to point out that actually, you know, there were uh, that same day, you know, there were fires uh, several miles from right. Gatlinburg that, you know, uh, were, were started uh, from uh, from trees or branches coming down on power lines. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, there were several places in Sevier County that had separate fires, and actually there were uh, in several counties on that same day. So yeah. uh, anyways, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it wasn't just one fire, there yeah. were many fires. And I want you to yeah. keep going on yeah. that when we get to the third segment, because that's very important for people to realize that this was, an isolated, this was not an isolated event. There was many other areas affected. We'll continue this conversation right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour again. Kevin Ray here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. I also have in studio Leon Collins with Firewise, as well as Nathan Waters with the State of Tennessee Department of Agriculture. We're talking fire prevention. Um, Very good show. Very good information. I really appreciate, again, them coming out. And this show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. We've spent the first uh, three segments, first couple of segments, rather, talking about, number one, who they were. And then in the second segment, we talked a lot about what Gatlinburg, what had happened, what was, you know, the the starting point, what ignited the fire, and what was the problem. And I'd like to spend this next uh, few minutes, actually, um, talking about FireWise and talking about the prevention aspect of all of this. Um, Nathan, 
mentioned, I'm sorry, not Nathan, uh, Leon mentioned as we were closing about that this was not something that was just happening in Gatlinburg. So it was not an isolated event. There were other events. And I remember going up to Campbell County actually about a week before. Um, and I can't remember the name. It's that restaurant that's up on, on the side of a mountain. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I, I'm not. McLeod um, Mountain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I remember being up there. You know, there's that Davy Rocket or Davy Crockett um, uh, statue. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing there at that statue and looking out and seeing a pretty nice sized forest fire, just like, you know, I don't know, probably a few miles away, you know? And so Leon, that was, that was very important to point out because this is something that everyone needs to be alerted to. So why don't you do this, Leon, give me some of the key things that firewise helps with preparedness. Go ahead and just give us a little bit of insight. Yeah. So uh, what firewise, uh, you know, suggests is, you know, even before a community is starting to be built, you know, that in the design process, some of these, uh, you know, wildfire mitigation practices are employed. Things mm-hmm. like uh, thinking about the number of ways in and out of a community so that residents would have more than one choice if there's mm-hmm. a wildfire. Yeah. Water sources, how, how narrow the roads are, mm-hmm. how steep they are, and whether or not fire trucks can get up, up there or not or to them. So uh, just the way it's designed is important. Uh, you start thinking about it just from the homeowner standpoint. Uh, uh, you know, at least when we're building a house, we have choices, and, you know, some materials burn more readily than others. Uh, and for, like, the roof, uh, you know, we're fortunate. Asphalt shingles, are it's really not an issue from catching your home on fire as long as you keep leaves and pine needles and stuff right. off of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, asphalt shingles... Uh, uh, Metal roofs, uh, you know, or, or tile even, those are all good types of, of roofs. Uh, probably one of the worst things you can do is to put uh, wooden shakes or shingles on your roof uh, because... Uh, yeah, you're well, asking it, for problems. Yeah. That, so uh, and then from the standpoint, uh, you know, just, just siding, uh, you know, if you can afford to use like a cement type siding, a hardy board or, you know, of course, brick or, or some other something else that is less flammable, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's preferable. Uh, but really, you know, it doesn't make much difference what, what your house is built of as long as you manage the vegetation and the landscaping mm. around it, you know. so That's uh, so important. It's, it, it, that is it more is. important maybe even than it, the structure's it, it is. contents. It is. I mean, and many of us have uh, uh, vinyl siding, and, you know, vinyl siding is okay. It's just that we want to keep... Uh, our vegetation thinned out more so that uh, we don't have a lot of heat near it mm. because, uh, you know, vinyl will melt and then the, uh, the material be underneath it will be exposed and, and it's more apt to catch fire. So, so we think about uh, construction materials, landscaping, and just good maintenance practices is so important to make sure that we don't have leaves accumulating on decks or under decks, uh, uh, you know, vents, uh, you know, wherever, if you have vents and if you can, if you see a leaf in there or other, other material that will burn, uh, of course, embers can get in there too. And, and, you know, Nathan mentioned the importance of embers. Embers and low-intensity fires burn up more homes than these big walls of fires mm-hmm. that, that we see on TV. And so what we can do is we can keep uh, fire away from our house, uh, you know, by managing the first five feet, making sure we don't have anything that will burn next to, next to uh, the house. And 
as Jack Cohen, who developed a lot of this FireWise material, says, you know, having a, having a fire be able to burn right up to your house is a really bad idea. Mm. And uh, it's true. So, you know, just five feet will keep uh, a low-intensity fire away from it. And then if you go out to about 30 feet and, and uh, select materials or plants that burn uh, less readily, uh, we have great materials available for homeowners that show which plants are more ava- more flammable than others. Oh, uh, that's and, good to know. And we'd be glad to provide those to any homeowner. Uh, and so it's just a, a matter of following some of our brochures. You know, I really I'd love to have more time to get into more detail, but, but it's a matter of managing your vegetation next to your structure so that it doesn't get so hot that uh, your your walls or your your roof will ignite. Uh, so those are the types of things that we work with. And, and uh, really, it, it all comes back to the homeowner. You know, the, the homeowner has the primary responsibility to uh, make, make the home safe. I mean, obviously, they're in control of uh, building materials and landscaping. And, and so it's up to the homeowner. Uh, and, and if a homeowner follows all these firewise practices, uh, you know, keeping... <laughs> Keeping, keeping it so that there's not leaves and pine needles around. So all these embers that, that uh, uh, Nathan mentioned, if, uh, so if all of these things are done, your, your home can actually be safe from the most, most of the fires that we have here in East Tennessee, even if the, even if the fire department can't make it. Mm. Now, when, when the event occurred, I'm not specifically mentioning Gatlinburg, but just in general, did you see, obviously you saw a lot of people say, wait a minute, we need to start, you know, taking this more seriously because Nathan can't make them do it. You can't make them do it. Me or Mark cannot make them do it sometimes. And this is true of all of us. Sometimes it takes an event to open our eyes to maybe something that they already knew. Um, did you see that sort of a change? I don't want to say a change of heart because I'm not thinking their heart isn't, is not right. But did you see sort of a change of perspective? Yeah. And I think a good example of that is, uh, you know, uh, the demand for, for helping communities that the division of forestry received skyrocketed uh, following the uh, wildfires of, of, of 2016. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, for you know, over the course of about 15 years, we we collectively got 24 nationally recognized communities, but but 10 of those came within the last year. Wow! And uh, and that's important to note because the Division of Forestry is very interested in helping the uh, any community out there that wants to, well, that wants to make themselves safer. And they and and frankly, we don't really care if they go through you know this process of becoming nationally recognized or not. What we're really concerned about is just providing them information. It's all free, and you know that way the homeowners can go about you know making themselves safer. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's just a, it's just that. Uh, Kevin, I have a question. Yeah. Um, you know when you you know when I hear this, and when I read the brochures, and and we've had this is our second show on it. There's so much responsibility on the individual homeowner, and, yeah, and yeah. which is important because that's yep. where it starts. Yep. How does the community? government aspect the fire how does that relate to the the individual how do when it gets a community designation uh so obviously the the community's involved how are they in, in general uh part of this plan what what can they do what do they do well um i mean it 
if we use it, an example of where there's a, a homeowner association that we work with, um, then, well, through the homeowner association, uh, the, all, the, all this firewise information is uh, disseminated to the homeowners. And, and the board of directors there will then foster and promote firewise practices. Uh, um, and Nathan, uh, what else? Let's see if you have something. I'm sure there's, there's more. Uh, and then the fire departments within the communities. Oh, oh yeah. The, the, <clears throat> yeah, what's really key is that when we develop the protection plan for the community is that, you know, the fire department is at the table along with the Division of Forestry mm-hmm. as well as the, as well as the um, representatives from the community. So everybody has input. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, we'll also have others at the table. Uh, might have emergency management or um, uh, utility companies that have a stake in keeping the community safe. Yeah. There's so yeah. much to the <clears throat> It was a celebration, frankly, when they did get this accreditation because it is such a big deal. And Gallenberg is a big community. And I love that there has been five or ten communities over the last year is that what you said? Was yes. It 10? Yes. I mean, I think that that is um, profound and they should be celebrated. And yes. I hope that that continues because as we go through the spring, we're going to yeah. come through another process. Hopefully there's not a, another drought. I mean, I don't think that we're having that right now. Am, am I correct? I mean, we're not I, had, in a drought. I had like seven days of rain last yeah. week. So. <laughs> but when in our last segment, we're going to sort of wrap things up and talk about some action steps that people can take and give you all um, that are listening how they can uh, get this great information that firewise has provided and also um, just in general that the show is providing and, and give you some key things to take away from this we'll be right back after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Thank you all for stepping back in with us. And this show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. Love to have you go to our site, check us out, learn more about what we offer, and hopefully we can give something of service to you, be of service to you. Um, I'm here again with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. We also have two guests um, in studio with us, Nathan Waters, uh, who has been uh, very generous with his time from the state of Tennessee Department of Agriculture. He's the assistant district forester um, from the forestry, uh, I guess, East Tennessee Division. Is that what that stands for, the ETD? Uh, yes, East Tennessee District. And let District. me say, yeah. my time is your time. I, I'm, I'm paid by taxpayers, and I'm glad to be here and give any helpful information I can. Right. Well, we'll we'll be going to my house afterwards. I've got some, <laughs> some stuff that I need. I'm just kidding. Um, and then as well, we have Leon Cons as well as with the fire. He's with uh, Tennessee Firewise. Um, his uh, position there is the wildfire mitigation specialist. And just to remind everyone, we had these two individuals on in 2014, and we talked about what it was that they offered. And I don't want to say I left the show thinking, oh, well, that's all good information, but that's not going to happen to my community. I didn't leave there that with that. But I did leave there with, you know, this is very, very important for people that are in the line of potential wildfires. I can promise you that the people down in Sevierville, the people who were affected by this, 
might have thought the same thing. And that's really the key here. You, you don't have to live on the side of a mountain in, for, in order for this to be important information. So in our wrap-up segment that we have here, um, I want to have a couple of things happen, if that's okay. Nathan, uh, first with you, um, just give me some of the things that, that since you have been uh, – since 2016, um, what has changed within the, the forestry department? If, if anything, maybe nothing's changed. Um, but what ha- has your all's leadership taken a, a new tact, a new, a new way of doing things? Because let's face it, you were communicating to the community two years before this even happened and doing it very well. But has anything changed? Have you guys taken on a new perspective at all? Um, you know, we just, uh, you know, we want to continue to work with communities as much as we can. And we just try on a large scale to get the information out there and to make sure that people are aware, you know, that, that during fire season, you know, if you don't want to be a firewise community or, you know, if you don't want to do a hundred percent of this stuff, you know, important thing is start a fire season or high fire danger, you know, take care of your house, go out and blow the leaves away, mm-hmm. you know, do the basic stuff. And it's, it's just yearly maintenance, uh, usually anyway for people, but, but just little stuff like that. And, you know, we've tried to focus a little bit more on the things that we saw that were issues. And, and they're, they're, they've been shown nationwide to be problems. You know, the embers was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the creosote and the railroad ties we talked about, um, you know, they're excellent. That's excellent, you know, uh, a lot of times to build with or to, to put up a wall with. But, you know, to put separation between your house and that. Uh, those things burn. They can burn for a long time because of the oils and stuff. Um, but, you know, a lot of little stuff like that, but but really just trying to, uh, um, you know, get the information out there. That, that That's what we need to do um, is get as much information out there into the citizens of Tennessee landowners' hands as possible. You know, and not just in the city uh, agriculture. We have a lot of farm-related fires from equipment. We've had equipment stuff destroyed, you know, uh, a lot of investments there. And we want to take care of investments in Tennessee, timber industry, farms you know uh tourism a- a- industry that that results from you know coming up and look at the natural beauty and the trees and stuff mm-hmm. but you know we really want to re- uh, prepare people to protect their investments and and you know to make make plans you know just just uh whether that's just a fire plan or multi-hazard plan and turning over to you thank you for that and leon we talked a lot about prevention we talked about what it was that people can do and we also talked about some of the things that maybe um people could actually take action with just right away there's not um a need necessarily if your community as a whole doesn't jump on board and everybody wants to you know do the firewise because there's got to be a spark plug i think you all talked about that you talked about um the gentleman from hawaii i can't remember if that was on air or not but um having a volcano in his backyard and when he moved here to tennessee you know he wanted to get set up because there's always a source there's always a potential hazard um, but why don't you take a couple of minutes and maybe give me some insight um, and, and wrap up what it is that your message is to our community? Well, I, <clears throat> I think the message is that uh, if anyone out there, whether they're individual homeowners or communities, if they want this kind of information, uh, you know, they can contact their local division of forestry office or go to uh, the division's website. It's called burnsafetn.org. And there's a wealth of information there. Uh, you know, certainly get a hold of Nathan or myself if you have any. If anybody has questions, and we'll be glad to help them. Uh, the other thing I'd like to mention is simply that uh, we talked about droughts, and you know, that's that was uh, one of the contributing factors of the catastrophe of 2016. But 
Very importantly, uh, every year we have a few days when it's dry and windy, and we can have tragedy fires under normal conditions. So these firewise practices are are important every year, and uh, you know they pay dividends every year. So importantly, it's not you know I encourage homeowners not to think about or communities not just to focus on droughts because we have dry, windy conditions uh, every year. So fire danger is independent of drought. So uh, that and, yeah, just simply uh, it's a lot of the simple things that Nathan mentioned that individuals can do around their house and that don't cost a lot of money to make them safe, uh, you know, keeping the leaves blown away from the foundations and off decks and under decks and and. And really, the important thing is uh, we have excellent brochures and checklists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, uh, that are available free. And, and f- all of the stuff that the division does and all these firewise, all the help that I give and others, it's free. And it's all voluntary. So there's no strings attached. A, you know, a city, a community, an individual does as much as they want. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all educational. Um, with 2,500 homes uh, and, and structures, I guess, is that the number yeah. that were lost in the Gatlinburg specific? Um, as these communities rebuild and having the firewise information, <clears throat> I anticipate that being very helpful because, yes, not all homes have been rebuilt. I mean, there's, there's – or am I wrong? There's no, got to be a backlog. No. There's right. not oh, enough there is. builders. So, yeah. so there's, there's, a, there's time for them to put into practice some of this. Yes, Yes, and again, uh, we you know, we'd be happy to provide you know the details, you know, handouts, brochures, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to help guide homeowners. Uh, yeah, bet. because That's there what, was many yeah. times that people reported, and if you're on the side of a mountain, there's only one way in, and there's only one way out, and so that I'm sure, as a part of Firewise, that they can take into account. Yes, and you know, um, we you know. We talk about, you know, getting our homes ready, but we also need to get ourselves ready mm-hmm. for wildfires. And, and that brings to mind this uh, Ready, Set, Go program that's out there. It's a national program, and it helps us as homeowners prepare to evacuate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about it, if we take time to uh, get ready for that wildfire ahead of time and, you know, like maybe taking, certainly taking care of our homes, but getting together, uh, thinking about what documents we'd want to take and what clothes we're going to need and, and then put together those bags uh, so mm-hmm. that when fire does occur that we can leave early. Mm-hmm. And a very important part of the Ready, Set, Go program is to go early. You know, we as homeowners many times thinks that, think that a, mm-hmm. a fire department or a policeman is going to come and knock on our door, but many times that doesn't happen and uh, they're just too busy. Too many wildfires going on at the same time. So we as homeowners have to be think about this. Yeah. We need to think about it ahead of time to be prepared, what we're going to take, and then go early. And uh, because most wildland fire fatalities occur during the, during the evacuation phase. So if wow. we as homeowners are prepared, we'll be much less likely to panic at the last minute. Mm. And, Kevin, I, w- I want to mention we have a wildfire series, and we put together the last interview with you. Um, but uh, you guys, but uh, also something Leon told us and introduced us to Linda Masterson, who who wrote the book Surviving Wildfires, which goes through 
um, oh, the yeah. individual home about and protecting documents and a great checklist of things that's available. It's on our website and mm-hmm. a link to her book if you want to buy the book yeah. or listen to her interview we had on there that goes yeah. on the Ready, Set, yeah. Go program. Oh, yeah. It yeah. really applies. And I, I'd like to get those guys, uh, someone from that organization on. Yeah. Yep. Well, we can, we can help you I with that. You could hook me up. Yeah. We can help you with okay. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and yeah. you know, the literature that you've provided me here has some great information and I don't, I hope we, this is something that is provided. Is PDF? Is there a PDF file of that book? Yes. Yes. So yes. maybe we yeah. could provide that yep. because you it bet. has, it has you the bet. landscaping, what's more flammable, what's less flammable. And I mean, let's face it, mulch, for instance, it gets pretty hot and that stuff is pretty flammable as well. As we found out from the Oak Ridge office one uh, summer afternoon, if you remember that, Mark. Yeah. Um, so we're going to thank them, thank our guests so much. Thank you guys for coming in today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Oh, thank you, yeah. And we look forward to continuing the conversation, um, not only online, but in future shows. And we could not do this show without Mortgage Investors Group, uh, MIGonline.com. We want to thank them very much. And also, most, most importantly, Mark Griffith, who's our executive producer and co-host, who is has such passion for these topics and protecting our community. And we thank him very much as well. We will see you guys next time right here on the housing hour. Well, I got your sweet with a twist of lime and this one's neat, but you know, that's mine. Here we go. And do it twice. Cause you know, we like it. That's the housing hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.